Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I am cheerful and uh, just happy to be here with the opportunity uh, to talk to you. But I must say that I'm not happy about the subject today, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get a lot of support uh, on this particular subject but I do hope uh, that everyone is here. So I'm going to take a short break and play this one commercial and come back and get started. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. Kathy and... Cheryl, I am so pleased that you are both here right now, and I am looking forward to all the rest of the guys who call in on a regular basis, Um, and I'm in hopes that we can have this honest conversation. And I'm going to say to you that I am not going to be politically correct. I am going to share my deepest thoughts and feelings with you 
related to feel uh, about what we find ourselves involved in, and we are in turmoil on so many fronts. There are so many fronts that we find ourselves in turmoil in, and uh, this just adds to the situation. I just heard that Bill Cosby was convicted of three counts of sexual assault, uh, I have uh, been honest about my feelings related to who Bill Cosby is and who the situation he is in, and um, I am going to more so want to talk about where we are in this Me Too movement and where we, how do we find our way out of this, the chaos. And how do we be fair? Oh, I I love and appreciate that Cheryl, you and uh, Kathy both have big, strong young men uh, that you're raising. And um, I want to talk about the 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 situation they find themselves in. I'm a 57 year old man, so hopefully I can maneuver my way through all of this chaos without um, falling prey uh, to to the establishment of way of doing things. And um, I'm just heartbroken, I have to say, because I think there's a lot more involved in this situation with Bill Cosby. I think there's a lot more needed to be taken into consideration about the um, the world uh, Bill Cosby was living in and the world he was acting out in. And uh, the seriousness means uh, to men in general. Uh, Cassie and Cheryl, I have to say to you that as a man, I feel more vulnerable than ever when it comes to to women. I feel like men now have to uh, hope and pray that the women they interact with are honest and above board uh, because no matter who you are as a man, you can fall prey to whatever they say. And I just want you all to consider and think about when you go to a man's home or you even go to a man's hotel room, you can simply say, I was assaulted, and the world seems to be ready and prepared uh, to to run around you with these protective arms. Uh, we've been told, uh, I've heard a lot of women say on a lot of national um, syndicate shows that women don't lie. And I, I'm a, the first thing I always say when I hear that, women don't lie, and why would she say this, and wait, why should we say that? I often want to share with people, and I'm no historian, uh, how many black men have been hung because when white women lied. So now in the, night, the 2018, white women don't lie, black women don't lie, no women lie, but yet, we know 
that men who dare not uh, act the way women suggest they should, especially white women suggest that black men should, men have been hung for it. So why are, you know, I just want to ask you, and be honest, you know, men seem to be at the mercy of women who are ready and prepared to say that they've been violated. And uh, so, uh, Cheryl, I'm a little uh, on the uh, Bill Cosby side. And, Cassie, I want you to know that up front. And I'm concerned about men in general because I know there are good men who find themselves in this situation. So uh, let me know what it is that you're thinking and feeling uh, right now. Cheryl, we'll start with you. Good evening, and how's everyone doing? Um, Just as you went to um, the second commercial, did I open up the – the um what you sent about Bill Cosby. And um and I'm just gonna be honest, the first thing that I you know, my heart just kinda sunk. Um I I can't say that none of those things happen and I can't say that they I can't say one way or another. And I hadn't come to any concrete, um, you know, sides saying, um, you know, that he definitely did all of the things. I can can only go by what he said. And then this last trial I heard um, that they were going to allow certain other things that they didn't allow the um, first trial that um, they – one lady said that she did fabricate the story. And it leads me in to say, um, I don't know. I mean, right now, I guess I haven't even processed it. And and then if I can get past that, if him, why not the others too? Um, why the others will only be lose their job uh, or get a slap on the wrist. Uh, you know, I'm just, and I guess, I, like I said, I haven't really processed it because I really wasn't expecting this, and I don't know what I was expecting really. Um. I know I've only listened to some of the stories and, you know, I do say a lot and I tell, you know, my children and it goes for me too. A lot of things that happen to us, we say, pull me, pull me. But we bring a lot of things up on our own self by the choices that we make. And, you know, we want to blame other people when the outcome is bad. Now, I can say that these women made some very, very poor choices because some of them said that they even went back a second time. And 
So I'm thinking, you know, what are you looking for? What are you, you know, the choices that you're making? And I know right now I'm all over the place because, like I said, I haven't even really processed it. And I'm not saying that nothing should be done if this is the case. I'm just, and I saw they say he can be sentenced up to 10 years for each, um, um, you know, each one, and it was three. And, um, well, I mean, we know what age that's going to be. Um, I read that he's out on bail um, and that they wanted to revoke that. They asked the judge to revoke it because they say he has a private claim and he would, you know, run. Two, like you, I think about, well, what about all of the other ones that they've been, is, is it him now that they're using as the example? Or uh, because, or why, you know, why? The other ones only lose their um, their job, and and him. How do he get the prison term sentence? And I and you know I mean I I know the answer to some of those things. It's like well you got to somebody got to um, you know he got they got to be prosecuted and somebody got to um, come forth and you know all of those. That's not. You know, I'm not, I guess I'm not asking these questions for the answers. I'm asking them because this is all the process that's going on in my head right now. So um, I'm saddened to, you know, to see it, but I do know that whatever happened, that the final judge is God. And he, you know, he will, and only him, will bring judgment and execution for the things that we do. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if he did this at a young age or whatever, whenever this was going on, and as soon as you think you got your life together and you quit what you're doing, or you know, whatever the case is, is that's when things have a tendency to catch up, but I I can't say that he did not repent. He was not truly sorry because I can't say I didn't follow the, everything, you know, so closely because not that I didn't want to know, but I think, um, and maybe it could be that I just didn't, um I don't know. I don't I can't I can't even say why, but I I'm still just trying to process it. My issue with this is a number of issues I have with it. I think uh Bill Cosby was a political pawn. Uh the person who prosecuted uh Bill Cosby made a promise to the voters that he would um would prosecute him before the time of the limitations ran out. Uh, Bill Cosby had already paid this woman uh, millions of dollars uh, in a civil suit. Uh, And it seems to me that white privilege allows rich white men 
uh, to pay people to be quiet. That is not the case with African Americans. And uh, there's still even more where the man, he was he was found. Uh, they found him not uh, not uh, they they couldn't decide in the first trial, and so they decided they were going to do it again. And how many times were they willing to do this? And and I just it, it is interesting to me that I don't consider this the first time, and uh, I still believe. Uh, that there are black men who are constantly being victimized by the justice system and put in these uh, situations. Uh, so it is um, something that I think we need to talk about and discuss uh, so we get a good sense of where do we go from here. Because I do feel like Men, black men especially, are an easy target uh, these ki- to these kinds of things. Um, Kathy, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this situation? Again, you have two boys. Uh, do you want them to be so easily uh, prosecuted uh, when a female says uh, that she was uh, taken advantage of? Good afternoon, everyone, and um, I'm kind of heartbroken a little bit because I thought we had already went past this particular part for Mr. Cosby, and um, now I know that this is the second trial, and I know that he has already paid whoever it was that he was supposed to pay, but for them, to me, for them to bring this back up again and for them to find him guilty, I first I want to know who the jury is because if you look at everything that has already happened, um, how um, the, like someone says that lady came forth and said that um, she was lying, and then we got to think about um, why they wanted, uh, why they tried to. Um, why they are trying to bring Mr. Cosby down. There is a reason behind all of this. It's not just because of the accusations, but there are some other reasons behind this as well. Now, if he's guilty, then yes, he needs to be um, prosecuted just like any other person that does and act like this. I'm not saying that, you know, he should be free because of that, but I'm saying because of everything else, the reason why they're trying to bring him down. And, James, you had said earlier that um, that men have to be uh, careful um, of what they say, when they say it, and how they do it. And now for black men, it's, it's double jeopardy because not only in, in that aspect, but also in the aspect of, of the police. And so I, I just say, when is it going to stop? And every time... It seems like it's always us being put full front, put being put in the front, you know, to make an example out of, or you know, and I'm like, Miss um, Cheryl, I'm lost for words. I, I, I want to say something over here, but I forgot what I wanted to say, and then I, I want to talk about this portion right here, but I forgot that part too. But I, I just, I just feel really bad for Mr. Cosby, and I. 
hope and pray that something is done or some people come forth to help him through this this particular uh, part of his life because he's old, not saying that he shouldn't be persecuted because he's old, but no, because they have ridiculed that man for the last, what, three to four years through this process. So I, I could just imagine how he's feeling, the people around him are feeling, and we feel, you know? 80 years old, and he was days away from the statute of limitations uh, being reached, but yet that he was used as a political pawn uh, to gain a, a, a victory in the election uh, that these people wanted to see this man taken down. Uh, Nate, you know, what do you feel like? Again, uh, we as men have to be uh, recognized that uh, this is saying, hey, you better be careful and take every initiative uh, to make sure you uh, know what it is you're getting into if you upset somebody and they come back and said you did something, how do you prove something when you and the person were alone? And um, Mike Tyson, uh, I will always believe Mike Tyson was innocent. Uh, I just don't agree with, you know, it, it just seems like it is too easy to make this charge. Uh, first of all, good evening, everybody. Uh Forgive the noise in the background. I'm still at work and everything. And um, uh, right now I'm just shocked. I mean, I'm just so when I get on the phone, I'm finding out through y'all that uh, Mr. Cosby was found guilty after a second trial. And I'm just trying to figure out what's the difference between his trial and the Salem witch hunt uh, trial because that's what it sounds like to me. And especially uh, on a few days away for the statute of limitation running out and everything. And what was said in this trial. That wasn't said in the last trial to, for a guilty uh, verdict. You know, there are so many questions that that can be asked, but at the end of the day, it's a witch hunt. And that's why I try to make sure I'm careful as a black man not to get caught up in things like that because I was caught up in the situation one time when I was in Iraq. And thank God, even though it was a lie and everything, but thank God that the person who lied on me had a history of lying, and they took my word over it. But if that person wouldn't have had a history of lying, I could have got kicked out of the military. And it's very scary to, to, that a person could just say something, and we are guilty before we prove proven innocent. And a lot of times, too, a lot of times evidence comes up, and the evidence don't even come to light. You know, they, they, they suppress the evidence. They don't want the evidence to come. Now, at the same time, if Mr. Cobb is truly guilty, then he should be punished. But if he ain't guilty, then let that man go. They want to revoke his bail and everything. Somebody's really trying to make a name for themselves here, and they're using his name out. And I agree with you, um, James, that I also believe that Mike Tyson was innocent. When that woman went in that hotel, she knew what she was going in that room with, with Mike Tyson, and she knew what, what she was going in there for. So, and that's why, and we had a lot of incidents like that when I was in the military. They, that, 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 we had those uh, allegations all the time. Soldiers uh, being accused of rape, and a lot of times they didn't. What it was, they were trying to trap them soldiers by get, getting them pregnant, so now they're responsible for taking care of them and the child. We, I've seen that happen so many times, and it's really it's hard to defend yourself against things like that with the exception of just keep to yourself, and that's not a, a, a unlikely scenario. 
and and I, I don't have no answer to come to that. How 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 can we defend ourselves against those things? Because if a person allowing you these days, especially if you're a black man, you and you know, and we already there's already a, a painted picture of us being thugs, being people with attitudes, being militant. There's already a painted picture of us out there already. So we have to be especially careful. But when you got somebody who lying on you just because they could, then what? That's just like in the movie Rosewood. They lie. That woman, that white woman lied and said it was a black man that raped her. In reality, she was having sex with a white man, but they had a ride because of a lie. And this thing is going, even it's 2018, and this is still going on today. So at the end of the day, I'm shocked and I'm sad to hear that a man who I call a hero, who I grew up watching on TV, being convicted of something he might not be guilty of. Thank you, James. Yes. Uh, Shay, as I come to you, um, you know, I, I, I understand. I have a daughter. And the last thing I want my daughter to be is victimized. Uh, but there seems to be an unfair scale uh, when you, when it comes to these things. And when women are looked at as victims from the very outset, and they are, you know, asked, you know, why would she lie? It seems like there's a very unfair scale from the very beginning no matter what, you know, men have to fight their way uh, out of this thing because they're assumed guilty. Well, I I haven't been following this case closely, but when I found out that he was guilty, the first thought came to mind was, why did they wait so long to bring it to the light? And, of course, he had his first trial, and uh, um, they uh, said it with a civil suit. But two days, I think somebody said, before the statute of limitations, uh, where they couldn't um, uh, try him, it seems like it's a uh, it's a, a bigger picture that what's being portrayed. And like you've been saying, he's a political pun. If you... I can't say whether they was truly raped or not or whatever the case may be, but if that was me, if that happened to me, I wouldn't wait several years later to to um to get justice for myself. It would have happened within that time frame. Who can actually remember something like that many, many years later? Like, what do you have to gain from bringing this up against this man in his later years of life? So now you know, got paid. And now he's going to jail for what? I I I'm at a loss of words like most of you guys. I I just don't get it. And she, and Shay, the thing that gets me is you had a civil trial. The woman was given, I think, two point five million dollars, and then she gets to have a criminal trial as well. Normally. You don't want, you know, if you remember O.J. Simpson, he was tried criminally. Then after the criminal trial, he was tried civilly. And because there were things that Bill Cosby said during his uh, civil trial that they used in his in his criminal trial. And then when they used all these women, again, you you have this movement, 
And I'm just saying it just seems to me to be more political than anything else. This man made a promise to his constituents that he was going to try Bill Cosby no matter what, and he has now got a conviction. And I just see this as, a again, one of those things, African-American men better be on on lookout because this is um, the direction we're headed. Uh, Andre, uh, your thoughts related to uh, the conviction of uh, Bill Cosby? Well, tremendous Thursday to everyone. Um, just as everyone else, I am uh, surprised and shocked. I agree that it is a, a purpose beyond uh, the surface that uh, is being sought after. Uh, but at this point, if indeed um, he has been found uh, guilty on these three counts, the only thing that I think we can't, well, one of the things that we can do in addition to pray is um somewhat be encouraged if the judge decides to, um, you know, override, if you would, uh, meaning that they would, he would, he or, he or she, I don't, I don't know, I haven't kept up with it, but uh, the judge would um, state what the penalty would be, and then they can kind of waive that and just leave him on probation because, you know, really, in all reality, as old as he is, what good is it going to be for him in, in jail, really? What What's the sense of that? But I don't know if the judge would uh, do that, but now that that convic- conviction has been declared, we have to move on to the next step of what would be the best um, to make out of this situation and, and for us to learn from it, that's for sure. Uh, Joyce, let me ask you again. You know, we have several ladies here, including Audrey, who have sons. Uh, this just seems like I said, I'm I'm fifty seven. I I don't I don't fear this as much as I would fear it if I had a young man in his twenties. But when men are put in a position where there's only two people in a room and women are able to just say this is what he did and and they get convicted in this fashion Men, young men are really at risk. Well, that's true, too, but it's according to what type of situation you're going to put yourself into in a room with uh, two women. Uh, first of all, you need to think. Our black man's got to think. we got to think that we cannot get away with things that a white man can do. Now, you've got this, this uh, movie director, Matt Leiner, Trump, these guys are going to walk away scot-free, untainted. They're going to go get therapy. That's what's going to clear that problem. But they, it's known that they did what they did. This young lady, she got paid $3.4 million. All of a sudden, now you're going to come back? You need to give every bit of that money back. And why he probably did that back then was he was at the height of his career. So quite naturally, they, they made the brother pay. They're going to make him pay or they was going to break him then. But now they come back, and then, like she said, a couple of days before the Statue of Libertation, then you're going to reopen the case. It's ridiculous. But that lets you know that your justice system does not work for everybody. It definitely does not work for people of color. When are you guys going to wake up? The system is not there. Secondly, you mail, you better get it in check. You 
cannot do what a white man do and think that you are equal. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work. So my heart goes out to his family, particularly his wife. This is ridiculous. So what can happen? Now, I'm going to go by a long shot. What can happen? President Trump. Okay, President Trump, what can you do? You know what he can do, don't you? Pardon him before he even goes to jail. That's what can happen. That'll be a long shot, but you know what? Your Trump may just do that because he'll win every black person over. Think about it. Hello? That's all I can say. I hear you. I hear you, Joyce, but that, that is a long shot. You know, he pardoned that guy, that sheriff. Uh, wasn't that sheriff in Arizona? Kaya. Huh? Well, listen, uh, and we just had Russell Simmons. We just had Russell Simmons. The woman changed her mind. And see, that's what I'm talking about. Cheryl, listen now. Think about it. Here you have Russell Simmons, and I don't know if Russell Russell Simmons paid her off, but months later uh, she denies everything that she said. And so uh, her, her... Lawyer came out and made a statement. She's made a statement. But initially, she said that Russell Simmons had sexually assaulted her. Oh, so, again, I'm not? just telling you all to pay attention. <laughs> Did I say the wrong name? What's got it? Hey. So what what does that mean when we say women don't lie, uh, Cheryl? You know, it seems to be, um, in a lot of cases, money-driven. Money can hush up a lot of things. And where, as we are concerned, they're setting, um, they're using us as an example. But, you know, the more that they can take the black men out of the households, the more the households come crumbling down. And that, you know, they believe that we can't stand. But in reality, what they're doing is they're empowering and they're making black women much stronger. They are taking positions that the men would normally take. But if you look at it, I mean, and, and again, like I said, you know, and it, a lot of things go on through my mind because, you know, just like you said, I have two sons. And, you know, it's like don't touch nobody. Don't do this. Don't do that. You can't do that. And, you know, and my youngest son is like, well, I'm, you know, they feel like it's harmless. It can be, but it's not. Not for you, it's not. So that means that you are restricted from a lot of things that, you know, others may be able to do. I mean, I mean, it's just in so many, every day we are seeing it. And when we say that, it's not everybody. But, I mean, can you see how 
they're destroying us. And see, just a little bit. I mean, they're using him as an example for something. There's something that he was trying to obtain. And it's like, no, not you. You won't be getting it. And I mean, now, well, although they took him from it all is, of this, they didn't, they didn't that. give him nothing back. It's funny you said that, um, Cheryl, because it was once stated uh, that the reason why they wanted to bring him down was because he was getting ready to buy NBC. And he had the money to buy NBC, and they wanted to make sure that he was not going to do that. So there was some talk of him buying NBC when all of this came uh, to a head. Uh, so it is interesting that you said that because uh, these people, are that, they, that that's just the kind of people they are. You think about it, and, um, you know, as soon as we get to the point where we have the kind of money that they have and we can do some things outside of what they want us to do, uh, then there may be a reason for these these kind of things taking place. Uh, Nate, what are your, your thoughts? Uh, I don't know why the ladies were laughing. I went and made sure I said the night, right name when I said Russell Simmons. Uh, Andre, what, what was the problem? I'm not sure, Andre? James. I wasn't part of I'm not sure. I wasn't part of the one left, so I'm not quite sure. Maybe I dropped off for just a minute. I, I hit his pocket, so I had to drop back. I dropped off and game back okay, on. So maybe okay. I missed that. I don't know. Well, I went. I went. I went and Googled it to make sure. And uh, uh, Russell Simmons' rape accuser dropped her five million dollar lawsuit. And so, uh, <laughs> hey, I know Nate. You and I are poor men, and we maybe don't have to worry about that, but. You know, it, 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 you know, we got to be careful. Somebody, there are people out there who will set you up, and you better believe it. And even though, uh, even though we we ain't got no money, I mean, we we just got to be careful too. Because right here where I work at, right here at Universal Studio, we had an incident here last year. Well, one of the um, one of the brothers was caught having sex with one of the white girls, and she went and told them that he forced herself on her on 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 her. And she has a history of being promiscuous with people because she even told me one time we was working together, and she told me that if it, if it starts lightning, she's going to jump in my arms. I said, you jump in my arms if you want to. You're going to get dropped like a hot potato. And they fired the dude and kept her. They they kept her. They took her word over his, and she wound up getting fired a year later, but it was something totally different. She was stealing but the point was that she already had a reputation of, 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 of doing stuff, and and um, they took her word over his, and they caught them in the act. That, that was the messed up thing about it. So if anything, both of them should have been fired, or neither one of them should have been fired. And and somebody said earlier, as black men, we got to be more wiser than that and everything, and we do. We have to be way smarter than that because the system is not set. I got enough sense to know the system is not, it's not set up for me. It's not. It's not fair for me, and it's not going. And it all, every chance it gets, it's going to go against me. I understand that. So why am I going to put myself in that situation, especially with with with, with, with my economic situation? And I ain't got the money to be paying nobody off. Only way I can sell out of court is get them to pay them to my EBT card, 
hey, that still ain't gonna be enough. So I don't. I'm not gonna put myself in those situations when I know that this could be this could become a catastrophic effect in my life. And we as black men, we we gotta think better. We gotta think about the consequences before our actions. But we always do the action before we think about the consequences. Especially those in my age group and, and older, we should know better. None of this should sneak up on us because this has been going on for so long that it doesn't make any sense. Because I tell my son, because because um he's living with me now, and I tell him. You're not from your hometown. This is one of the park that we stay in. These people out here will call the police on you. They will lie on you. They will make. They will take a story. They will take a, a small story and make it a mountain. And who you think the police gonna believe? Especially if they run your name, with your background, with your history. Who you think they're gonna believe? So don't put yourself in that position. Even though if you're innocent, do not put yourself in that position. If you need something, you get stuck somewhere. Call me. I'll come get you. I don't want you up in those people's face because they don't know you and a face that people are unfamiliar with. They will call the police on you and everything like that. I mean, it's 2018. Look what happened at Starbucks and everything like that. What happened? What, a, a white girl called the police on them. They took us out of the story. I mean, this has been going on for ages. So at that point now, this stuff should not catch us off guard. We should be more in a preventive stage instead of the shock stage. Thank you. Uh, Kathy, again, you have two sons, and and you want to get them uh, to the point where they're self-sufficient and they have their careers uh, intact. You know, it is just too easy. You know, what what are you to say about how easy it seems that a woman a woman is able to uh, call uh, the police and suggest that she has been sexually assaulted, and the world just falls right in behind her. Well, I just mm-hmm. tell them that they need to be very, very careful. And uh, as someone said earlier, to use a lot of wisdom. And I, I pray for them all the time. And I want to say hi to all the ladies and gentlemen. I miss you guys. And uh, that's it. That's about it, James, because once they go from your presence, you know, they're on their own, and, and as, as so is so is it as for the the young women as well. You know, we can't just think that you know uh, most of them, a percentage of them, are making these things up. Some of them, it, it's really happening to them. So there needs to be education all the way around in these households. You know, with the parents talking to these kids in these youth groups, you know, when you when you're able to teach these kids then we as 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 mature people should teach them because a lot of them don't know, you know. So all what we must do is to teach them and that's what I try to do for my sons is to teach them, tell them and pray for them. Uh Andre, I'm gonna uh ask this and I can ask it as of Kathy as well, but I'm gonna go to you first. Uh, historically, we've seen a lot of stories where women have um, flipped the script and uh, created uh, some awful situations. You know, Hercules was uh, brought to his knees because of a woman, and, uh, you know, Adam and Eve and on and on. So when we talk about women won't manipulate, don't manip- why would they do this? There's a history behind women bringing men to their knees. You there, Andre? 
Yes, I, I, I am. I apologize. Yeah, uh, it's a history of that, but we can't clar- clarify classify all women into the same because in the same category because there's some men that do some dirty ugly things to women too so you go with the individual so kathy is right on it by saying you know we have to teach we have to pray we have to show and we have to discuss d mentioned that you know he has certain things that he tells his son if this situation happens then this is what you do you call me because no matter how it looks or how it seems, you can find yourself in a situation that you didn't plan for because sometimes we are more innocent than people that have bad and negative intentions. And so, James, the thing of it is, is we need to learn from those uh, examples that you were referring to. Don't clar- classify everybody into the same category. We need to learn from them, be aware of them, and know that it occurs. So your thing of it is, I said uh, often, the best way to beat the system is to stay out the system. So uh, how do you go about doing that? However, even that saying right now in 2018, you know, you can't stop being the color of who you are. And it seems like in some scenarios uh, that we're experiencing now, just by being who you are, uh, you can find yourself in a bad situation. So we have to teach, and we have to pray, and we have to show. Uh, Joyce, you have a, a experience with what I'm about to ask you. And see, uh, you know, we just, you know, I have to, I, I'm coming from a different situation when I think about how easy this was. You know, I was once a football player. You have uh, you birthed a, a pro football player. Uh, just last year we had a football player who, after his uh, first year, lost uh, six games uh, because of what he said a woman lied on him uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I mean, this is not uh, something that is there, happens every blue moon. This is happening year after year after year. There are African-American men who suggest that they haven't done things and they're losing their careers, losing their families, and in some instances losing their freedom. That's true, too. That's definitely true. But our young men and our young people got to understand is that when you get into those situations, we, we, need, we need role models to teach them what if, what's going to happen. You're a target. You're a target just by who you are. You're a target. You're talking about being a young black man, whether you're a pro athlete or not. You know, most of the time that when people are females, particularly white women, they see what they want, they go out, they do any mean necessary, and they will lie and cheat to get it. And then they'll throw you away like you anything. Secondly, when we get into positions, we, we, we don't forget your, your sisters. I think they'll ride and die with you. They'll give you more of the respect and can hang in there with you. Don't be so, so so busy and freely to go to the other side or just hang on and think you have arrived. You never will arrive. Secondly, you got to be able to know what to do, how to do, and what to do with yourself. Those same people who help you get to that position, those are the same people that you need to be ride or die with. Don't get no new set of friends because everybody's going to be your When you get in those categories, Secondly, don't put yourself in that type of situation. And that's how come they can't deal with LeBron James. He got his same brothers. They might be, y'all might call them uh, tag-alongs or whatever, but those same brothers, you ain't seen him out there with his shit raggedy. It ain't going to happen. 
Same thing with Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. He got up there and told you, I love you, me some Michelle Obama. That letting you know, I don't play that game. They tried, but then they tried to discredit her so badly. So we got to really know, keep our eyes on the prize. We need a lot of mentors to start mentoring and talking to our young people, letting them know what to do in that situation. Uh, I'm just glad to say that my son's book is one of the books that is for those type of young, young athletes. He went through some stuff, so then he can tell his story so they won't be able to and what to look out for, you know, who to, what to ask, how to carry yourself, how to read people, you know. There a way that you can read a person, you know what a person's thinking, and you know whether or not a person is running the game, you know. And don't leave your family behind by all means. Take them with you because they're going to keep you humble uh, all Shay, the way. Shay, Shay, let me ask you a question, and this is a serious question, even though some people might, uh, uh, you know, laugh about it. But if you're in a situation and a man has a career, and he had, you know, he has a lot to lose. Uh, is it wrong for him to say, "Hey, look, uh, I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm, I don't mean to cheapen this experience. Uh, but can you sign this document saying you consent to whatever we might do this evening?" You asked me, was it wrong? If, if yeah, uh, I mean, that was what if a man tries to protect himself? by using a document uh, because, you know, anybody can say, no, I didn't consent. Uh, you know, right. so should we tell our young men they should ask for con- some document of consent before they, you know, they go anywhere uh, outside of uh, the the date for the evening? No, I don't think that's um, – I don't know how to put this. To – um, how can I guard yourself against that? You gotta be a little bit more wiser. Don't put yourself in a situation where something like that may occur. Because you know, when a female and a guy are alone, anything's bound to happen if you're physically attracted to that person. Um, having someone to sign a document saying that they consent to, you know, whatever, it's not a bad idea, but uh, I don't think that. That would get across in today's society. Because if I put myself in that situation, if someone asks me to sign uh, something up front, I'm gonna look at you like you're crazy. That may not, you may not have any negative connotation behind that, but I would just say don't put yourself in that situation. If you know that you're not gonna be able to resist this person or whatever the case may be, just be a little bit more. Use wisdom. Be out in the open. Well, <laughs> don't get, and, and I don't knew get that you would. I knew that you would probably have that position. But let me go to Cheryl. Cheryl, where is there a win for a man? He can't ask you to sign a document because then he he put icing on on your 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 physical feelings. But yet he has to just trust that you won't say you said no. Um, Now That can be for you And that can be against you Because You know And I'm I'm just going to put it out here And I'm just going to be honest Because we as women 
some women can be very manipulative if they have an agenda. And if the agenda is to get what they want, they can say, I signed this under distress. That you forced me to sign this, knowing good and well that I did not agree, did not willingly agree to it. So there's always a way around it that may not be the truth. So the very thing that you may use to protect yourself may be the very thing that backfire on you. So, um, and all of that goes on, it'd be like, um, well, I'm really not into you. (laughs) Because there's, evidently, there's not enough in that relationship for no kind of trust. So it seems like it's just a fly-by-night thing. And if that's the case, then that means that you're sleeping with somebody who you're not even that familiar with. So I think I'll just back off from that. <laughs> Nate, this seems like a no-win situation. <laughs> you can't ask them to sign a document, and you've got to believe uh, that they're – I mean, how do you – we're not lie detectors. How do we know what's going on? You know, it, it, it's because we had it. They, they talked to us about this in basic training because, you know, military personnel go through this a lot too. But I got to – Draw up a contract for you to sign. I might not need to be hanging out with you. You know, if 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 I feel like I gotta print the, uh, uh, get you to sign something, that's probably a pretty good indication I shouldn't be hanging out with you and everything like that. And it's it's one of those because you don't because like me being me being me, I don't want to insult the person. But if I'm going, my mom will be honest with you since I'm me and you the only guys on the phone. You know, I don't change a lot. If I drew up a contract back in the day. I'm going to have a contract for one reason, for one reason only. We ain't gonna get married. We're not. We're not gonna get married. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna be doing doing some adult things that we probably shouldn't be doing. And I'm just trying to make sure I don't get in no trouble behind it. Or if something happens, you know, that's a CYA. And, and like the young lady said, I can work for you. I can work against you. So the best thing for that is just not even to put yourself in that position. And 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 anyhow, you know, know who you're dealing with and everything. You know, spend spend some time to get to know the person if you're really interested in them and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, being in the army, this happens all the time. I have been in office counseling soldiers where women came up and saying he did this, he did that, and some of this stuff we know it's a lie. We know it's a lie, but you know it's hard to prove it, and it has to be investigated. And we have to take it seriously because if we don't, they'll just take it up the higher higher chain of command because they know a lot of our laws better than we do. And because the military don't want that stigma on them or wanted to get out into the press, they try to handle it behind closed doors and keep a hush-hush. But that's a lot of times, too, it's not helping the soldiers at the same time. Now, at the same time, we got a lot of doodle bag soldiers who do do stuff they ain't got no business doing. And who have done some things that they shouldn't have been doing, and they all get to those things. So the bad ones make it good for the ones who ain't doing stuff. So it's it's it's, it's always a chess game when it comes to those kind of things. And just like what all the ladies say, that I have to agree with them that we have to keep ourselves out of that situation. Know who you're dealing with. Educate ourselves. Let the mentors mentor, mentor the young the young ones so they don't get caught up in. And the ones of us who know better, it shouldn't even be happening out of our level. You know, if you know better. But even in that, we still have to be careful and 
and look with four or five eyes and everything, or, or, or call somebody and say, how does this look to you and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with having somebody um, being accountable for somebody and making sure that you're good because that's no, that's no different from if you're a pastor and you're going to somebody's house and pray, why are you going to somebody's house by, by yourself and praying with them? How can you prove yourself against that? Take, take, take somebody with you, preferably your wife, you know, that, that kind of thing. So we have to be careful on that. And I got to go back to work, y'all, but I really enjoy this conversation. Well, let me just share this with the ladies. Uh, and you might disagree with me, and I've talked to my daughter about this uh, several times so she knows where my stance is related to her. And it comes out of the Mike Tyson situation. Mike Tyson went to this lady's room, well, called her initially, asked her to break curfew, come down to his limo, left the limo and went up to his room, went into his room, and then walked. Uh, he refused to walk her back to the limo, and then she went back to her room and suggested she had gotten raped. I told my daughter that I would be for her 110% as long as she goes out with this young man on a date and they end up in his place, then I'm with her 110%. Now, if she leaves her room at midnight and go to some man's house or apartment, I ain't, I'm afraid I'm not going to be, you know, you've got to be smarter than that. And I'm just not going to believe you didn't know what was going to happen, Cheryl. When you go, what they call them booty calls, they weren't calling them that in my day. I'm not sure what they call them in my day. But if you leave your protection of your house at midnight and go into some boy's house midday or in the morning, what? I I can't buy that. Well, I mean, and I'm not going to say any decent, but I want to say any decent respectable girl first of all would say you know do do you know what time it is that's if you're going to still have the conversation if you haven't hung up on them yet but if you're going to have the conversation do you know what time it is and if you wanted to be with me and you want to be with me you can contact me at a respectable hour and I mean if I got a call like that, I would know what's up. There would be no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And and even knowing what's up is that they're probably expecting you to leave after it's over with. So not only are you going late, but you're going to leave late too. So, yeah, you know, um, I'm not sure who said it. I'm not sure if it was Joyce or who said it. But, um, you know, let's not put ourselves in those compromising situations. Let's let's have a little bit more um, wisdom and see things that has happened before and the outcome of those things. But right there, that that only takes a little common sense to know. And it also says I respect myself enough, but not for you to call me when you get ready at this time of night. So um, we can um, bring on certain situations our own self that we have to be on guard, um, 
you know, they brought up some, you know, some good points, and I mean, everybody else did too. Is that at this time we got to protect ourselves at all costs, all costs. Kathy, what what is your thoughts about my statement and and my conversation with my daughter? Which part, James? <laughs> well, I said I suggested to her she better not leave her house at twelve o'clock going to some man's house and expect me to to uh to be there for her. Now she leaves and goes to dinner with him and he and she is up at his house and whatever she says happened, happened and I'm going to uh uh protect her and be at her side. But if the story is that she's he called at twelve and she went over to his house after midnight, uh I'm not I she's supposed to know what went there to do. Well, that's that's great as advice as a father. But you know, we as um children, adults, older people, we don't always listen to what our parents say, but that was some great advice that you gave her. And it depends on the situation with who and whoever it is that she was with and I, I believe that she's she's not your daughter, she would not possibly go into a situation like that. But like we were talking about earlier, there are a lot of these young kids that don't have anyone to talk to them about these type of situations. You know, their parents are out in the streets just like they are out of out in the streets. The young men, some of them are out in the streets just like them. You know, um, the daddies are out in the streets, but even with that situation, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna use me as an example. Knowing back in the day, you know, I knew which which call I was going to when I would leave out of the house. If I would leave out at 11, I knew what that call was, you know, and it was with somebody that I knew. So I mean, it just depends on the situation. And the people nowadays is very different than it was back then when we were growing up, you know. It wasn't all this this type of stuff that's going on now. And then I believe, I truly believe that most of those women that went into those rooms knew exactly what was going to happen, whether they were afraid, whether they really wanted to be in the movies or get a connection or whatever, you know, you have, a, as a woman, we have that extra instinct to know if something is going to go down. So we have um, an opportunity to change our mind to back back, you know. I mean, I see you mentioned Mike Tyson, but you forgot about Kobe Bryant and what happened to him and how that incident happened with him, you know. So, I mean, when, when people have money, a lot of things go through people that don't have money's mind to try to um, take down um, um, other people, I'll say that. All right. Uh, Joyce, what what are your thoughts about that? Now, again, you raised two boys, and here we talked about men and women, and uh, I shared with my daughter my expectations of her when the Mike Tyson situation took place, you know, that you uh, – need to really govern yourself accordingly, and uh, you don't go to people's houses 
after midnight if you're not with, uh, planning on spending the night. Correct. Also, too, I would like to add to what Captain M and what Dee and everyone else has said is that don't be afraid to do some role playing with your with your young people. Put them in hypothetical situation and ask them how and what they would do. This way, you know how to go about addressing them and, and hipping them and, and uh, uh, teaching them uh, what if and what not to, what to look for. Because how you may look at a situation and what they're telling you would be so innocent that they wouldn't have a clue. So then do a lot of talking to them. In, in this situation, if this would happen to you, well, how would you address that? What, 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 what happened if, you, if a girl did this to you or if a brother did this to you and this, 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 this? What would you do? How would you handle it? What would be the first thing that you do? You see, so don't be afraid to talk a lot and role play. You know, uh, role play means hypothetical situations. Uh, you know, I used to do a lot of driving to my son back and forth to school, and it would take about an hour to get him to the school that we sent him to. And on that way, every day, it was hypothetical situation. We talk. We talk about everything and anything. But I know what his mindset, I knew how he's thinking. I knew, and I, we used to watch a lot of movies where you stop. At the time, you can stop the movie, and then you can discuss it, and then hit play to to, to go. There's, we got to use every teaching tool that we possibly can to, to let them think because a lot of times they they looking, thinking they've grown up, but they're not thinking like a grown-up person would think, you see. And then don't be too eager to, to give yourself, yourself, your personal self so freely. Let them know that that, is, that, is, that, that, that means something, giving of yourself and, uh, you know, Let's not be afraid to talk and express those things on the male side as well on the female side. You know, our brothers, you need to give them the man talk. You know, everything ain't cool because five years from now, do you will you be able to sit back and look back and see the first person or remember the first person you had sex with? I know the young lady might be, but brother, would you remember? You teach them what to do and what honor. And I always will give them that same old saying that, uh, Denzel Washington. They asked him that on a on a show. What what type of what type of uh, uh, person that you want your your son? What you telling your son? What type of person? Uh, the the person that he as he say when you look at your mother, you bring a person that you think that your mother would respect. When you look at your mother, that is the type of person that we expect for you to bring. That type of person. So uh, communication is key. All right. Uh, Andre, um, what, what what are your thoughts in terms of your son? Again, I'll share what I told my daughter. I just not, I'm not not willing to uh, back you or or support you when you leave your house at midnight to go to some young man's house and he didn't call you until after midnight. You know what what are what are they to expect uh, from you in regards to your support? if they're not behaving themselves accordingly? Uh, as parents, they they have our full support, whether they make a mistake or not. And you say that, James, that you wouldn't do that. you talking on this show. If your baby girl got in trouble, whether she made a decision that you thought she shouldn't have or not, you got to make sure that you're there for her because that's, that's your will. daughter. And that, as, as, as parents, that's what we do. So, um, you know, again, we try we try to do the scenarios like Joyce mentioned 
so that we can have an idea of the thought process of our children because, you know, uh, we are coaching them, we are mentoring them, we are parenting them all along the way, but you have to know what their thought process so we have enough wisdom or enough experience that we have an idea of what they may face. So let's make sure that we help them by getting in front of situations because sometimes children may act like they're not listening and paying attention to the parents, and sometimes they don't. But I tell you what, a lot of times they do. They just process it in their own way in their own time. So, uh, James, you could talk that talk, but let your baby girl get in trouble. You're going to be right there because I know I'll be there for my son. <laughs> All right. I hear you now. I, I'm, I'm giving her the heads up. Uh, you know, I, I look, it's important, and I've been doing it for a long time. And uh, I have to be, you know, we're honest on this show. My daughter was born uh, when I was the age of 16. And I used to tell her the whole entire time, and I just thank God now, you know, she's an upstanding woman, and she's doing a, uh, she's a professional person. Uh, but uh, I told her, I said, listen, men will tell you whatever you think you want to hear in order to do what they want. So you have to be uh, cognizant of what it is that they're saying and what it is they're truly meaning. Uh, Shay, what, what are your thoughts about this this era and what uh, I just said, respectful. What rules do we have to try to abide by in order to keep uh, the playing field honest? Um, being honest with yourself, for one, because if you get me as a female, if I get a call at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I know what's up. Ain't nothing open that top night but legs. And legs in the air. And my daddy, my daddy told me this when I was younger. That's the only thing out. And I can say the way that I conduct myself and the way I care myself, I don't have calls coming in that time of night. They know, uh, they know what type of female they're dealing with. So don't call me at those hours because you only want one thing. And just like the other lady said. If your baby girl gets in trouble, you're going to be there, regardless whether she was wrong or right. You're going to be there to support her. And, I mean, none of us can really say what we will and won't do until we're actually in that situation. Because I know so sometimes, like, well, I won't do this, or, I'm, you know, this not going to happen, but until you're actually faced with this, whatever, you know, you're, you're dealing with, that's when you can truly say, well, I've been there, so this is what happened. But then you can think of all the positive, all the the, the, the great sign of hypothetical ideas you can come up with to resolve the issue. But truth be told, when you actually in that situation, that's when you can really say, hey, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, let me just say to you, uh, and I'm kind of glad you, made me think about something that I want to talk about today, and we'll find another day to talk about it as well. You know, it it is not often, and I don't want to say that, it doesn't happen enough. I won't say it's not often. I'm going to say it doesn't happen enough that I uh, look and find stories that I can be proud of and I can see African-American young men, uh, young African men stand up and have a conversation uh, with as many different networks as I've seen. This young man named James, and I tell you what I went and did. I 
this GoFundMe page is well over a hundred thousand dollars. And I went and go went and found the GoFundMe page and I gave him ten dollars. Uh and that was my commitment to me being proud of him. The fact that this young man saved lives at this Waffle House and that he was an upstanding young man and went to church that next well that same morning. And uh, you know, we have so much to be proud of. But sometimes we don't recognize there are stories that just aren't being told. Uh, <clears throat> a few months from that, a black man went and saved several lives running into a burning building. And uh, he lost his life when, <coughs> excuse me, when he went in there for the last time. And so, you know, we need to recognize that we, as there are some parents out there who are raising some fabulous children who are raising some upstanding adults, and uh, we need to be proud of who we are as African Americans because 80 to 90 percent of the time, we have people that are doing what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to and, and doing it in the right fashion. And so, Cheryl, I just wanted to, to bring his name up. I'm sure we'll be talking about him soon in a lengthy conversation. But it is so nice to have uh, young men who stand up and young women who stand up and do the right thing at the right time. Yes, it is, and we don't uh, we don't share those stories. Those stories don't get out enough. Um, they seem very limited, um, you know. And you can can kind of go on and on when you were talking about that. I thought about these two young brothers that um, they both were accepted to Ivy League, you know, colleges. And um, they both apply for different colleges. And um, the mother was a single parent raising these two young boys. And I know she was definitely proud. And when they did the announcement, um, they did it publicly, so they didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but they both got accepted. So, yeah, we don't do enough um, talking about because when we're talking to our young kids, we also need to bring forth things as positive that has happened, too, because, you know, they can say, well, don't anything good ever happen? But they, but they do, and there's so many things. So you're right, James. It is um, quite a few things that do happen that um, – that are positive and that we are definitely to make us really proud of. Uh, Cassie, did you uh, hear the story about the young man and the lives he saved at the white at the uh, Waffle House? Uh, I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't hear the full story. Yeah, he was able to uh, take the gun away from the shooter. He did uh, murder four people, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but the man was able to save uh, several more lives because he made a commitment uh, to uh, take the gun away from uh, the uh, perpetrator. Uh, so he had been, not only did he do it, but the way he uh, got on the different uh, media outlets and held his own and just shared exactly what his feelings were in an eloquent way, as well as went to, cha- again, went to church that same morning. 
Uh, so, Joyce, I'm sure you got to see the video of him speaking, and he did us good. Well, he did us proud, as we sometimes say. Oh, definitely I saw it. He's such a humble, beautiful person. He has a beautiful soul. And, you know, what I liked about him, what he said on, on television, that actually, to be honest with you, he said, I appreciate what everybody's saying about me, and I appreciate the escalation and everything, but I was only doing it just to save myself and by me saving myself that I was just so glad and happy that I was able to save, to save others. Now, that's saying something. He's still humble. He's not taking all the credit for the accolade. He just don't understand it. He's just doing something to help himself. But in the meantime, while he was helping himself, he was so beautifully, it was done so, God just got a way of doing something so well. This guy, you, you, you just know he's a young man, raised right, groomed right. I mean, his heart was there, and God was with him all the step of the way. So, uh, yes, we got a lot of good uh, young men out there black young man out there. But, you know, they just don't get the praise and the accolades enough that we, that's how come Miss Cheryl said we have to praise them and we have to uh, give them that positiveness every chance. We got to let them know you are special. You worth something, you see. So we got to keep building them up because ain't nobody else going to build our kids up like us. Now, we, I build kids up that I don't even know. When I see a young man out there, a black young man, you say something positive to make them feel good about itself. So when they walk away, they can have their chest up in the whole bit. So that's what we need, a lot of that. So, yeah, I was very proud of that young man, the way that he carried himself. God bless him. Uh, Andre, uh, as well as him, uh, the two young men at the Starbucks, uh, you know, I hope saw the video of the young man at the Waffle House. And uh, it just uh, did my heart good to, to see him and uh, the way he uh, both looked uh, physically and uh, how he spoke uh, just did so much for me. And I had to, uh, again, find his GoFundMe page and uh, make a donation because I wanted to say to him, I appreciate you. Are you there, Andre? Shay, what are your thoughts? Did you get to see him on video? I actually, I did not. I didn't. Okay, well, I uh, I don't know how much you use um you use uh YouTube, but just Google uh, uh young black men save lives in um I think it was Kentucky or uh, or maybe Tennessee. I'm not sure what state it was, but he was just a you know like I said he went to um. He was at the Waffle House at 3.30 in the morning, uh, but he went to church uh, that same morning and also visited the, the, the people that were injured at the Waffle House. Uh, so it, it was interesting. And it was interesting as well. Let me go to you, uh, Joyce, because you know how you act sometimes. Sometimes you let re- let all all of it be real. You know, it's interesting how they shoot African-American young men but they always get these guys who kill people. They find that they always don't don't hurt them. They find them alive. Uh, the one that they killed uh, in South Carolina, the nine people in the church, and here this man killed four people at the Waffle House. They always bring them in alive, don't they? Are you there, Joyce? 
oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, very much so. But you see that, like I say, you know, and I give a lot of respect to that police officer. That's the way that it should have been handled, and that's the way situations should be handled when they go into black neighborhoods making an arrest. You know, but they shoot instead of at the lower portion of them and and uh, paralyzing them just a little bit. They shoot to kill. It's ridiculous. Like I say, do, do do they have training like that anymore? So that shows that they know what type of training that they should be doing when they go. But I'm assuming there must be certain training when they go into a black neighborhood than what it does when they do something else. But this guy, look how he, he killed people in the whole bit. But And they wanted to know how come he didn't shoot like that shoot to kill them. He said that he assessed the situation. So that let me know that they can have pores about themselves and composure, and they know right from wrong when they carry that gun and they know what to do with it. All right, guys, we've had a lovely conversation and we covered a lot of material. I want to thank you all so much for calling in and talking with me today and being a part of this program. I want to thank all of those of you who will be listening uh, to the program later. Remember that we are on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voices can be heard loud and clear. I look forward to talking with you guys. Take care, and I'll see you tomorrow. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
I'm gonna let 